Welcome to the Jacks Rangers Show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris once again here at the Jacks Rangers Show up here at the Granite Outpost in beautiful Manchester, New Hampshire. What a win against the Sea Wolves this past weekend. Man, <laughs> unbeaten at home for five games in a row. We have never been beaten at home at Fort Union Point. Woo! Man, it feels so good. Towards the playoffs, only got a couple games left to go. Let's get right into the episode, baby. I'm fired up. Uh-uh. Let's go. Woo! <laughs> Right, guys, I love that theme music. It's such a banger still to this day. It gets me hyped up every single time I hear it. Well, um, this week we don't have an opponent. It's a bye week, so the team is going to be recovering, getting refreshed, dealing with some nagging injuries, resting up, and preparing for a very dangerous Nola Gold coming into town here. Nola Nate Osborne, as the rugby wrap-up calls him, the head coach of Nola, I'm sure will be prepped and ready to go. This week, you know, no opponent, so we're not going to have any opponent preview, but we will have our Outriders segment coming up here in just a few minutes. We're going to be doing, you know, a couple things a little different because it is a bye week. We're going to talk about the great debate regarding being quiet, being silent for the kicker, the opposition kicker at home. That is a hotly debated topic in the New England Free Jacks supporters group on Facebook. There's been some polls that were released on Twitter and Instagram from the Rugby Network. And, you know, it's 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 a very passionate topic for a lot of people, whether we should continue to be silent for the kicker and respect the kicker, or should we be like typical American sports and make it a little bit more difficult for the kicker to try to distract them, be loud to make sure that they don't get those points. So we'll discuss that in the episode, uh, excuse me, in the Outriders segment a little bit later on. Uh, I wanted to give a reminder to you guys, we're at $150 on the Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund on GoFundMe.com. So if you haven't donated, 5 or $10 goes a long way to that. Like I've said in previous episodes, I do have a wacky check that I will be presenting to Coach Ryan Martin once we get to that final $250. If you guys can help out with that, we would appreciate moving right along here. We'll get right into the Outrider segment here, guys. Uh, again, I appreciate your feedback. Send us a DM. Send us uh, an email at jacksrangershow.com with any feedback. We are on episode eight now at this point. Still feel pretty new at all this, but it's been a great ride so far and uh, hope just to keep going strong. All right, here we go with the Jacks Rangers show, the Outriders segment right now. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here, in the, here again at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got Dave McVeigh here with me uh, from the Yeti Poet Rugby uh, YouTube channel. How are you, Dave? I'm doing very well. How about you, Phil? Not too dang bad. Not too dang bad. Did want to announce to everybody that we just hit the goal of the $250 for the Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund. So I'm making arrangements for a big check presentation at the next home game against NOLA. So that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanks for everybody that donated to that. We appreciate it very much. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun and uh, it should be, should be a good, good gag. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got four paper here, so I'm just going to go ahead and get into free Jacks news. Uh, two free Jacks made the MLR Geico 15 this week, Joe Johnston and Mitch Wilson. Congrats to both of them. Well-deserved for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah, they both put in great shifts uh, this past week. I uh, This really doesn't fit into Free Jacks news, but I wanted to share this story that I have about Spider real quick. I should have uh, done this a week ago. It was during the hot game that we had. Um, I saw Spider walking by himself. I was at the Jacks Club on top of the hill. He was yep. there. There's that little walking path where there's, the fence is right beside of it, and then you're on the pitch. So he's walking on that walking path beside of the fence. Um, one of the players, I want to say this was halftime or before the game, they were kicking just to practice uh, on the pitch. A ball bounces over the fence right in front of Spider. Okay. Perfect. And without hesitation, this is what blew my mind as I'm watching. I don't think anybody else saw this, by the way, Dave. Yeah. Spider picks up the ball reaches into his pocket, pulls out a Sharpie, signs the ball, and throws it back onto the pitch in one motion. There was no uh, hesitation. There was no, like, I shouldn't do this. I'll get in trouble. Just unbelievable. What a guy. <laughs> classic spider. For sure. He is. Uh, he really is a character, and it's just he's, effortless for him. You're like, this isn't, this isn't a bit. You yeah. know, this is oh, just no. spider. That's just, this is the guy. That's him. That's Living him. his best life. Looks like a couple of lads, including the birthday boy, Kyle the Eagle Sequera, have invaded Nashville on the bye week. A lot of cowboy hats and noodle bag underwear picks. Uh, too many, uh, one might say, but, you know, <laughs> hey, you guys have fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're having a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, happy that they can cut loose a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, they definitely needed it. It's been a really tough stretch yeah. here, and they've uh, performed uh, a lot and put themselves through a lot, you know, through this middle of the season. So absolutely enjoy well, the bye week boys. Well-deserved break for sure. Yep. It's a slow news week. I did want to let you know that I'm debuting as they say in uh, New Zealand, uh, new pit Viper glasses for future games. So I got ordered some new ones. They are pretty pricey, but uh, I wanted to make the commitment because we got some good games coming up. So I'll have some flashy new pit Vipers to wear at future Excellent. games. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> I'll be able to spot you from my uh, seats on the 10-meter line. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so observations. Now we're moving into rapid reaction. They're going to be a little bit more rapid than they used to be. I'm trying to speed up uh, the other games here. Observation. Sure no movement up or down for teams in both conferences in round 13, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. DC. Yeah, pretty pretty static and some, some good results. So Yeah, for sure. Um, DC versus NOLA, your teammate, Mr. Palamo there, had a great galloping show and go try at 14 minutes in. Dave taught him everything he knows, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, my friend, Chris Steele, who we call Spalding on the uh, Charles River Rats, because um, he looks like a character from a certain um, film about college party life. Um, he already made that joke on Facebook. So I, I just have to give him credit. He posted the highlights from the total rugby network to his Facebook page and was like, learned everything from me taught this guy, <laughs> taught this guy at all. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's pretty cool when you get the chance to just hang out with those guys. And then, you know, you see next week, they're scoring tries and being elite athletes. Unbelievable um, story that you can tell your grandchildren one day. <laughs> absolutely. You just feel so proud, you know? Yeah. Uh, Dallin referred to him as more dangerous than a sneeze during the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Always good for a one-liner. Absolutely. 14 and 14-14 four, at halftime. Nola went down to 13 men due to two yellow cards, but were able to were able to score three points during this time. Um, DC didn't score any points during that point, which is amazing. 
Uh, NOLA had uh, just enough to beat DC on the day. Some exciting stuff towards the end of the game from DC's winger, DeMonte Noble. Uh, three game losing streak for DC at this point, though. Ouch. I think it's pretty safe to say that they're out of playoff contention now at this point. Yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's theoretically could make it, and then there's probabilistically, you know, could make it. And I think from a probability standpoint, at least they're they're toast. I don't know if mathematically they're completely out yet, just because I didn't I didn't check the numbers. But I know it's getting close, and we're starting to see the eliminations. Mm-hmm. Speaking of eliminations, uh, Toronto at Austin. Austin had never beaten Toronto coming into this game. Uh, 819 halftime lead for Austin. This clip went viral. There was an interception at the 63rd minute by prop Larome White, who was running like the wind for what seemed like 70 meters for a try that all the forwards loved to watch. So, you know, run, big boy, run. That was uh, really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. What else do you want out of a front row player? This is exactly what coaches uh, mean when they say fresh legs mm-hmm. <laughs> you get sent out there and they say all right you got fresh legs yeah. you know that's why you see a, a front rower uh make that pick he had a little bit of a line adjustment you know yeah he, he runs a smart line he makes sure that his pursuers have to run farther than he does yeah. and uh you know he makes it it's pretty awesome yeah you love to see it yeah who doesn't love an 80 meter run from a prop like i know that's that total rugby that you were talking about 80, <laughs> 80 yeah, meters. yeah absolutely incredible fireworks at the end of the game look like the start of world war three once again adam gilchrist burning through money like a redneck that just won the lottery yep um so toronto loses this game and by the way i'm not even reading the score so let me jump back for a second nola gold 25 uh old glory dc 21 and this game that we're talking about just now 21 to toronto arrows 47 to austin gilgronies so Toronto loses this game. Now, what's interesting about Toronto, that's why I said that they're probably not going to make the playoffs because international call-ups are going to decimate Toronto. That might be all, but they might be out of all, all my, uh, excuse me. They might be all but out of the playoff race at this point, if I can get my words out. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about like the international call-ups as a separate item um, or do that later, maybe, uh, but awesome. Awesome. Yeah. They are, they are going to be more than any other team affected by it. Absolutely. Um, So they are looking at a pretty grim uh, few weeks if they are looking for a playoff spot. I mean, and in last place with 23 points, it's pretty much, pretty much over for them. They're playing for pride. It's been grim so far the entire year with them not being able to, sleep in their own beds and all that sort of stuff. So just misery yeah. on top of misery for Toronto for the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, uh, tough year. Yeah, for sure. The next game was San Diego at Utah. And the score on that one was 41 San Diego and 45 Utah. Now, some folks were saying this was the game of the year so far, Dave. A lot of running rugby. It was a tri-fest. But it was a low-scoring game at the halftime with San Diego leading 14-10. to 10. It wasn't all. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think I, that's that's kind of what you hope to see. I think a lot of the time from a rugby game is a, a really go a really close low scoring first half, and then then a kind of a fireworks show of a second half is for me. That's like the perfect day at, at the pitch. Like that's a that's a perfect rugby game. 
Absolutely. Um, that's how like New Zealand beats everybody, right? Like it looks for a first half. Hey, they might have it. Maybe this is the time. And then the second half, they just blow everybody up. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a pretty good effective model. Defenses start to break down. <laughs> there was an offensive explosion in the second half. All hell broke loose, as we like to say where I come from. Uh, Utah was down by 15 at the 66 minute, uh, then mounted a comeback to win the game right at the death. Very entertaining game. I watched the highlights. I was blown away by what I saw. Just amazing effort from Utah to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they they played a great match. Uh, they hung in there. Um, like you said, the, just at the at the very death, down by 15, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, pretty big. And we're all Utah fans next week. That's right. Hell yeah. So, yeah, good for them, and we'll be rooting for you. Mika Cruze and uh, Mikey Teo. Oh boy, what, what more do you want? Yeah. Um, who looks? He literally does look like a um, a barrel with arms. I think he's been referred to that by Dallin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those so I love good. those guys. I've played against a few of those people, like in the New England region, the last you know fifteen years or so. Um, the level I've been in, I've just bumped into a few people um, over the years who I can just consistently do that. Fly halves who are built that same way, mm-hmm. and like man, it doesn't matter, and your feet get moving. Speed is speed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got the pass and you've got the you've got the moves, um, you can do it. It's one one reason I love rugby so much. Oh yeah, it's for everybody. Uh, Atlanta at New York. This game really pissed me off, to be honest with you. I was really hoping that Atlanta would do us a favor. I'm I'm calling the Dirt Pickers New York this week because they're actually they actually played in the state of New York this week, but. I did get official confirmation that they're back in New Jersey next week. So you know what that means, Rangers. We're calling them New Jersey going forward from this episode. Uh, the score on this one was 24 Atlanta to 31 to New York. Unfortunately, we did not get the the uh, the points that we needed um, from Atlanta on this one to move away from New York and maybe we could kind of catch up. But uh, it was not to be. This was the leaders of the pack match. Atlanta could have done us a nice favor by beating New York, but of course, in typical Atlanta fashion, they failed to deliver. Uh, <laughs> 17 to 12, halftime, New York leading the way. Interesting moment at the end with Atlanta down by seven. New York commits a penalty, so Atlanta chooses to kick for touch, but it doesn't go out of bounds. Yep. Um, and New York, you know, gains possession, then kicks the ball out of bounds to win the game. Typical Atlanta sports right there, guys. That is just, you know, all of the history right there to that moment. Yeah. That's a good call out. I mean, it is it is pretty Atlanta of them. Yeah. The um, go ahead. No, just, just really, really wanted Atlanta to win that game, like you already said. Um, yeah, would, have, would have put us in a much, much better position coming into the last few weeks. But yeah. you get what you get. That's rugby. Yeah, it sure is. Maybe next week we'll see it, uh, New York losing. Okay. So this uh, was the living embodiment. So this was at, uh, Houston and L.A. So the score on this one, guys, and this is not a typo, 5 Houston to 52 L.A. Yeah, largest margin in MLR history, I believe. Yeah. Um, set a new record. And it wasn't even close. It's not like it was some sort of <laughs> close yeah. game that uh, where it was like even possession or anything like that. So uh, this was the living embodiment of the Simpsons meme. Stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
The score was 52 to zero at 73 minutes into the game, Dave. Have you ever seen such a a butt whooping in professional rugby? No, I mean, you hope it doesn't continue too much. It is the top team and the bottom team. It's bound to happen here and there. Um, And, you know, in and of itself, it's not a big deal. Uh, If you like tries, it's a good match to watch. You know, you're going to get to see a lot of them. Um, It can be a good way to learn. Um, Watch a match like that and just look for the mistakes because you're going to find mistakes. So when you see... When, you know, when you see those tries come and try and try and spot and find, you know, what creates that opportunity. For sure. Um, yeah, that's a couple ways to, to try to enjoy it. Yeah. Otherwise, um, yeah, it's it's quite a drubbing. Imagine being a Houston fan watching that game. Ugh, yikes. Yeah, it's not fun. You feel like you can't turn it off because, you know, mm-hmm. you want to stick with them. But uh, it isn't pretty. Glad it wasn't a shutout. It's tough. Yeah, that, that's one thing that uh, they can kind of hang their hat on, I guess, uh, or hang their hat up for. Uh, it says, look, I wrote on here, look out, uh, Major League Rugby. L.A. is back at home, and they're looking like world beaters again. Um, Houston got a Constellation Mall try at the 74th minute uh, to end the shutout. Whoopee! So, <laughs> yeah, no parades. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about this, I mentioned this on the Tammy interview, LA, we don't like you, or at least I don't, but damn it, we respect you. Okay. <laughs> what you're yeah. doing is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. You can't, you know, there's, there's always a little bit of haters going to hate, uh, uh, element with LA this season. Cause people were just already ready to hate them. And then man, when people don't like somebody and they do well and the best revenge is living well. Right. So I guess the LA is having their revenge this season. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now that leads us to our match against the Seattle Seawolves, who had 21 to our 25 New England Three Jacks. So Seattle drew first blood, very similar to how New England likes to start a game with a quick try two minutes in. Our mall defense looked amazing, Dave, during the first few minutes before the uh, Seattle try, but Seattle went wide and scored with their backs. Yeah, they. Um we were very physical in the first couple minutes. The it's a, it's a great mall to watch. Uh, it's in the highlights. You don't even have to go back to the full match. Um, if you watch the highlights, you see that little battle cause it leads directly to the try a few phases later. Um, yeah, they just ran a neat little switch back. They took advantage of, we had kind of three defenders stacked vertically all running to cover width. Um, and they recognized that and just attacked right behind it. It was a really good move. Um, and quite effective. Yeah, smart play on their part for sure. Yeah. Uh, great cross field kick from Waka to our boy Mitch Wilson, who is back in the starting lineup at uh, 15 minutes gone for a try. Brian Hightower mentioned our special guest interview of the week, which is Doc. He mentioned his tattoo during the broadcast, which is pretty cool, talking about him having a Free Jacks tattoo. And breaking news, um, he might be. Not the only one to get one. I'm thinking about getting one myself. To be honest. Oh, you thinking about it? Yeah, I, I yeah, I've been I've been toying with the notion. Uh, we'll we'll see. I am enjoying uh, enjoying it. Maybe if they make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. There you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a free Jacks tattoo. I'll get myself a lantern. Tell you what, we should do it together and and then film it for the the show. Yeah, sure thing. Cool, man. 
so uh, 10 to 14 Seattle after 25 minutes, which I don't think anyone other than Rucky himself would have predicted. I was puzzled that a team that had traveled over 3,000 miles would look like the better team in our house. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of a little fired up just reading that. So that's kind of the theme for the rest of the game until the very end there. I was pissed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit frustrating at times um, in that first half. Seattle looked a lot more hungry um, it, and it wasn't the physicality. Like you mentioned that mall defense was just ferocious, you know, before the Seattle try um, to me, the free Jacks looked like a team that needs a bye week, right? Like they looked mentally tired and, um, Coach Martin likes to talk about behaviors. And one thing I noticed was like ball on the deck behavior was like a club rugby match at times where guys were just seeing anytime you want a player watches the ball fall to the deck, you know, and bounce on the ground and isn't just fully committing to, to, to recover that ball is a little bit worrisome, right? Um, it's just a reaction time thing, if nothing else. Um, and things like that were not great. Mitch Wilson was an exception there. Um, and to just the general first half, he wasn't the only one, but he really stood out um, in the first half. He had a fantastic tackle covering um, when Reichert Hanning had a big break yep. and Wilson came in from the far wing. So he has to, you know, run all the way back and across the field and around midfield. I think it's about five or 10 meters out from the try line. He gets in and he makes a, a hit and he doesn't uh, make the tackle himself, right? Hattie is a big dude. He's oh, yeah. on his way out, you know, to train um, to play for the USA and uh, out in England and Ireland, right? Like he's he made the squad. He's legit. This is a guy who's going to get some Eagles caps oh, yeah. um, in the coming weeks. And Wilson covered from a great distance and made a just high energy hit that staggered him. And then two or three other pursuing players were right there to bring him down. And yeah. it saved a try that would have been the difference in the match. Yeah. Um, he did phenomenally in that first half. Very proud of him for sure. Good to see him back into the squad. Um, what else we got here down at halftime with the same score. If I could, all I could think was upset alert. We kept hearing it all week, and that was what was echoing in my mind. Um, after halftime, a beautiful pass from former Wasps man Ross Neal to Seattle's number 11 helped me, uh, Seattle maintain the lead. At this point, it was 21 13, 53 minutes in, and I'm pissed. I spent a long <laughs> time at the game with a scowl on my face, shaking my head and crossing my arms. I looked like I was at a Carolina football game, sad but true. Yeah, that was about the time that I was I was texting with a friend of mine who's a big Seattle sports fan. I've talked about him before. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just said, you know, uh, it re- right now it looks like Seattle have it. Um, and then I kind of caught myself. It was a group text. And then I said, well, you know, if they don't Seattle it. And then they did, as he would say, proceed to Seattle it. Um, not to take anything away from the Free Jacks. They played hard. And it was, you know, your and my mistake to count them out, right? Yeah. Um, these guys have shown that they just don't give up. They've got grit coming out their eyeballs. Um, so, it, but it was it was a low point there. Uh, something we just haven't seen at home. We're a little bit spoiled. And we continue to be a little bit spoiled with our undefeated home stretch. 
So, um, you know, nothing, nothing lasts forever. Uh, it's going to sting when it comes, but it, it wasn't. Hopefully it won't this be week. until next year. <laughs> yep. Not until next year. The first season at undefeated at home. That'd be a beautiful thing. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh, popping champagne bottles, baby. Woo! Fort, Fort union point. They'll never be allowed to move to a new stadium. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Um, Let's see here. Some pretty line breaks by Conradi and Joe Johnson around this time kept the crowd into it, right? Um, Harry Barlow, a.k.a. Harry Barton, as we call him on this show, scores yeah. a wide out try in the corner to make it 18 to 21, 55 minutes in. So we're, you know, we're hanging around in the game. My moment of the match comes from former Seattle man, Billy gathers an overthrow line out well into Seattle's 22 after 74 minutes. Last week it was Khalifi. This week it's Billy, former Seawolves making Seattle pay. You love to see it. And then Peter uh, Jansen, your boy, scores after the 50, or excuse me, the 75th minute with a huge war from the crowd to secure the comeback win for our boys undefeated at home, five in a row. What a great feeling, Dave. Yeah, it was a fantastic finish. Um, the hunger is what, you know, is why Beely was up there to get that ball. That is a reaction thing. And that's an example of how that shifted from the first half to the second half. We were on fire, you know, from at that point. And, and we stay on fire through, through the end of the match. Um, and it really carried us through. Uh, he was all over the ball. He ran the ball again one or two phases later. Like he yeah. was up looking for work, and he got up to the line. He almost he almost Probably had it. Yeah. Um, he was very close. Um, and then a couple more phases, and yeah, Peter Janssen got in. It was fantastic. Um, really fun to watch. Uh, and I mean the best the best way to win, really, right? Just. Yeah. steal the ball, run some phases and, and power it through. Um, they didn't, didn't take them too long to get the, to get ahead. And then they managed the game pretty well after that. Uh, I know they kicked the ball away at one point and people uh, around me in the stands had a big reaction to that, kicking the ball away with what looked like two minutes on the clock. Yeah. Growing, um, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I pointed out that there has every home match, the scoreboard clock has hit 80 a little bit before Yep. The match does that clock is getting stopped after the referee start stops his whistle mm -hmm. uh, or stops his watch. Right. right. He blows his whistle for time off yes. and stops his watch. And then the stadium clock keeps ticking a little bit. Yeah. So it looks like there's one and one and a half minutes left. And you're thinking, why don't you just run some phases and kick it out? But that's a long time to run phases inside yeah. your half and close yeah. to your 22. Mm -hmm. So uh, kicking it away was a smart decision there. Um, they went down they managed it defensively you know they got the ball back and they they kicked it out at the end um they did a, they did a good job i i want to also note that the um referee did a fantastic job i thought he controlled what was a really physical match mm -hmm. um very well uh that was scott green yes. um the tattooed ripped ref yeah. um <laughs> It was always, always good time. I heard several good lines this weekend. One guy just shouted from the stands down to him, how much can you bench? <laughs> and then uh, one of the, one of my buddies in my section, um, one of the other season ticket holders, Daniel, at one point said, you know, I really like this guy. It's a lot easier to keep your mouth shut when you have to worry that the referee might, if you heckle him, he might just climb into the stands and kick your ass. 
So yeah. <laughs> it really uh, brings it brings an extra level. Uh, but he really did a great job. Um, the scrums in particular, he called very judiciously. He communicated with the teams about what he saw mm -hmm. and why that made him call what he called. Mm -hmm. And that's really all you can ask for. At one point, Josh Larson was protesting when the Free Jacks had an attacking scrum. The penalty went against went against him. Um, <clears throat> you know, and he's you know basically saying like, why would we risk that? You know, right? Like we have an attacking scrum. We're not gonna throw it away. Our front rows aren't idiots. Um, and he just said, listen, you show me the picture, you know, we're looking for certain visual indicators and, you know, Seattle's indicators were correct and New England's in indicators were incorrect. And he had clearly been, you know, talking to Josh about that. Um, and that's what you need to make to make corrections. And that's why you saw penalties going both directions in the scrum. Uh, he was communicating with the packs well, um, and they were able to adjust and 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 fix issues. It's always people are always going to be frustrated, you know, with yeah. how it goes front row players. I mean, like you, you know, things don't always go your way. Scrums go down. It's never fun. Um, you always feel like you're doing it right. But right. in the end, uh, I think it was very fair. And it in a match where there were a fair number of scrum penalties, it wasn't just one of the two teams getting tooled on. They yeah. went both directions um, and it really kept the scrum a, a really good contest. And made it a good a good match to watch if you're a fan of scrummaging. Yeah, he did a great job. I mean, we on this show have um, you know criticized some calls in the past, or me specifically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, when we see good refereeing, yeah, well, let's call it out. I mean, he did a great job for sure. Yeah. Now moving on to my musket size pants ten of the week. Uh, you want to guess who this is? <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. It's it's really easy. Is it is it Mitch Wilson, my boy? No, 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 no. So, you know, most of the time... Oh, oh, oh. oh uh, is, pants stand is the opposition. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I can't remember his name. Your buddy from Sal, is it? Uh, <laughs> Ross Neal. So Ross Neal. It, it was always going to be Ross Neal, former Wasp man. Uh, I think you guys know... The Wasp, kind of yeah, my, sorry. I was thinking... I have Sal Sharks on the on the brain because right. what we'll talk about later. Yeah, AJ McGinty, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite players that is not on the Free Jacks, Ross Neal gets the musket size pants 10 of the week. Moving on to MVP of the game, did you want to go first for me? Um, I can I can go first. I for me it's Mitch Wilson. Ah! Um, he is that what you got? There you go. He he brought the energy they had to have in the first half. Um, he I don't think I mentioned he also had a great steal at one point where guy just got tackled and was isolated and he reacted like a flanker. I mean, he yep. absolutely pounced. He wasn't even close to the breakdown, he covered a bunch of ground, got in, beat the support player um, and won the penalty uh, is was beautiful. He was just doing everything he needed to do um, defensively, offensively um, on the kicks. He's so good on the kick chase. So much fun to watch. Um, just great under the high ball. So yeah, Mitch Wilson. Uh, so this is a clean sweep for Mitch this week. I went back and forth on this one as well. I think Waka did a great job of 10 again. Conradi gained about 100 meters by himself, which is incredible for a forward. Uh, Joe Johnson had some great runs as well, but I'm going to give my award to a guy that has been out of the lineup for several weeks, only to come back as a starter against Seattle. He bagged himself a try and got into the MLR Geico 15 of the week. Take a bow, Mitch Wilson. So... Yeah, uh, our boy. Um, you know what? You're right about it's so surprising to see him make those tackles because he's not a big guy if you guys have ever seen him. Um, 
it's so cool to watch. We love in New England. We love the undersized player that you know plays above their their punching weight. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, we love those guys. So Mitch Wilson, this one is for you, brother. Your MVP of the game for both myself and Dave. Um, so that's awesome. All right. So this is a bye week, guys. So we're going to be kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do on Saturdays and Sundays this week, uh, other than watching games of the MLR that are going on. So the preview, there's no match because uh, this is a bye week, baby. So, but Dave and I are going to preview the upcoming July internationals by considering who will replace Captain Josh Larson as captain because he is going into the Canada squad. Um, who will take up the vice captain role as well? This was presented to us by uh, Kenny Thompson on the Facebook supporters group. Yep. Yeah, I've had some conversations with him in the stands. He's um, uh, always fun to talk about rugby with. Uh, and, a, and a big fan does a lot of rugby travel. If you've ever thought about um, going to World Cup or uh, Lions Tour or something like that, mm-hmm. um, Kenny's a good guy to talk to just because he's got he's got the experiences. He can tell you what it's like. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think makes a great rugby captain, Dave? Yeah, I was considering that this week, um, and I have a question for you. I'll answer, and then I have a question for you along with your answer. Um, <clears throat> So I think a captain has to always play when they're healthy, which is, you know, partially an ability thing. Um, doesn't necessarily mean they have to be the most athletically gifted player out there. Some captains are just incredibly reliable, right? More, more than like superlatively mm-hmm. athletic performers. Um, but they got to always play. It's got to be somebody who should always be, uh, you know, playing if healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who leads by example with their, you know, decisions and behaviors on the pitch. Um, part of that is their composure. Your, your captain is somebody who talks to the referee. Um, and that means they have to have a certain bearing. They're the interface between the team and the match official and the match official is the sole judge of fact on the pitch. So, you know, it matters. You need to be able to appeal to him. Um, and they also have to be a culture leader for the team, which means different things for different teams. Um, it's somewhat invisible to us as fans, that's really about things like practice and match prep um, and, and how beha- how the players uh, comport themselves around, you know, what for these guys is their job. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I think those things are all uh, a big part of it. I'm curious to hear your answer. And uh, I want to know the teams you've been on. How have the captains been selected? Who selected the captains? It's a vote. It's a vote by, by the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Same now, for me. I've only been on one club, really, um, except for my first year playing rugby. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, we, we also voted annually um, at part of our annual general meeting. But I was curious how um, you've done it. I know at, at, you know, lower levels, it's picked by a coach generally. Yeah. Right. Um, but once you get once you get into club for better or worse, it's it's democratic, baby, usually. Um, you know, what's interesting about that is I know that, um, I can't, his first name is Pat. I can't remember his last name, but he used to be a punter for the, um, Indianapolis Colts. He was talking about football in regards to the captains and they supposedly vote, but it's kind of like a rig system where the coach stuffs the ballot box apparently. So it's like, <laughs> it's coaches guys. 
to become captains for professional right. football. I don't know if that's every single team or if that's the experience for the Colts in general, but while he was on the team, right. like he was kind of alluding to, it's kind of a rigged system. Um, it makes some sense too, just given the size of football teams, that yeah. sort of like the captain is the conduit from the team to the referee in rugby. The captain is almost a, a coach to team conduit in football in a way that it isn't always in other sports. Absolutely. Um, so in terms of what I wrote down with things that would make a great captain, I wrote down communication, level-headedness, a strategic mind, game management skills, uh, great understanding of the laws of rugby because you have to communicate with the referee with what you're seeing that maybe he not may not might be seeing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Which includes understanding how referees call matches i mean at the international level when you're talking about that level of preparation i don't know how much mlr teams do this they may though i mean it would be a coach to coach thing um, i mean teams prepare for the referees that they will be having um in terms of like how to talk to them when to talk to them um there's been a, a couple good articles about how the Springboks did that this past world cup um so i mean it's even a, that is a strategic element um how to do that it's just it's so important to be able to talk to the ref to get your point across and not to literally not to annoy them, like not to get on their bad side and to be respectful. Mm -hmm. um, hang on. I lost my train of thought for a second here. Oh, um, let me see here. So in terms of who you think will be, um, let me see here. I think that without a doubt, the captain in Josh's absence will be Waka, um, who is currently the vice captain. The real yep. question in my eyes is who will be the vice captain with Josh's absence in the international test that he will be, he will be doing in July. Yeah. Um, it is a, it is a pretty good question. I think that it would probably be a forward. Um, it doesn't have to be, but generally it's, it's very nice to have a balance between the, the forwards and the backs. Um, I know when it's democratic it, in my experience, it's almost always, balanced out that way um but uh it's it's a little bit tough to call they're kind of a lot of candidates if you look at just just some of the criteria people who always play when they're healthy they're very reliable uh performers uh, people who lead by example everybody on this team has a great work rate it's one of the reasons they're so much fun to watch Absolutely. so a lot of these are actually pretty level um, and it comes down to some of the invisible factors and it makes it hard for us on the outside to pick um, the best candidate. Um, there are a lot of people like Peter Janssen, Eric de Jager, who've put in tons of minutes. Um, front rowers are usually not looked to as captains, particularly props. Yeah, because they are so routinely replaced um that doesn't mean that they can't be uh it just means that usually they're not the first choice if there's you know an, another good option mm -hmm. um jackson thebes has performed really consistently um and is very low on the penalty counts he's had a couple in the malls like getting getting excited reaching for balls and stuff yeah. um, but he's a good he's a good candidate in the forwards um i kind of like to let the guys who are really on fire just keep doing what they're doing so i would shy away from joe johnston somebody who on attack has just been 
um, really phenomenal and seems to just be on another on another level sometimes when he's out there. Yeah. Uh, when Scotland made Stuart Hogg the captain, his game dipped a little bit, and it could just be coincidence. There's no way to know the causality, but a lot of people talked about you know you have a lot more going through your head when you're captain, and it can be nice if you have players who are really high performing to not um, not rock the boat there. Um, I kind of excluded Vian Conradi as well, just because he's getting called out. So like he couldn't replace Josh cause he also won't be here. He's right. a natural candidate. His play has been phenomenal. He's got international experience, which usually is going to translate to, you know, high level of professionalism and, and knowing what, uh, a team culture should look like. Um, do you want me to tell you my pick? Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think... Um, I would pick Tara Matembu ah, with uh, Simpatico. Well, I'll go with a backup then. Cause my caveat is he's spent less time playing with the team than some other candidates. Right. So it truly comes down to the invisible factor of like, how has he clicked? He could already be a leader on the team and be ready to step into a captain role. Mm -hmm. um, he could be deliberately stepping back from a leadership role because he's not the captain. He's done that in the past and he wants to give the other captains room sure. and other players room to step into it. Um, it's tough to know what that dynamic is. And that dynamic is really going to dictate whether he's the best candidate or not. I of think course, yeah. he has the credentials. He has the composure. Oh, yeah. um, he has the work rate. He works yep. so hard on the, on the pitch. Um, and I think he would be an excellent choice to lead almost any team he is on. Probably yep. he just is a phenomenal presence on the pitch. Um, mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what, that's what I would pick. Barring Matimbu, I think I would probably pick Peter Johnson because he he's in the front row, but he's a hooker um, who don't always get subbed off as consistently as, as props do. <clears throat> That's a little bit out the window in MLR anyway, because it's going to come down to who you have available, and it's not as consistently <clears throat> going to be the best decision to pull people off. Gotcha. Let me read through my thoughts here. There are some compelling candidates, but if it was me, the vice captain should be a forward since the captain Waka is a back. The vice captain should be a consistent starter with a lot of professional experience. Natalie Joshua mentioned this man in the Facebook supporters group, and I think he is spot on. Tara Matimbu, um, he has been a captain at the super rugby level. He has the experience and he can continue. If he can continue to get solid minutes for the team, I think it's a no brainer. Uh, that's something that you were kind of mentioning earlier is that, you know, he hasn't been a consistent starter. He hasn't been with the team the entire time. He was one of those, uh, the late uh, people flown in because of the visa situation. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Martin addressed that a little, not directly, but he said something that kind of touches on that um, in one of the interviews with Dallin Stanford, the coach's corner from last week, I think where he was talking about roster changes. And he said that he is of kind of a general philosophy of if things are working, don't upset it. So that to some degree explains uh, Matimbu's absence from the rosters when he came, he was late. And then there's very much a guys who are performing well um, and doing what we need to do are going to continue to do that and get that opportunity. Um, and 
that explains some of the roster moves through the season, I think. Not that I feel like they should have been different, but you see a lot of stability week to week. Mm-hmm. The guys who are playing are the guy, you know, one week are going to be the guys who, who are playing the next week. And wins and losses don't really seem to have a big effect on that, which I like. It means that Ryan has a really clear philosophy for what he wants to be doing. And he's not, you know, just a, a weather vane out there, you know, risk blowing whichever way the wind blows. Um, it, it speaks to his composure. Um, but it's also why it's taken Matimbu a little bit of time to get in. Now that he's in there and he's starting, I wouldn't expect him to go anywhere. Um, I think that's that six jersey is his to to lose at this point, and we'll probably see him performing there really consistently for the rest of the season. Yeah, that'd be great. He's done a fantastic job um, since he's come in, for sure. Um, I did want to mention, because you were mentioning Coach Ryan Martin, I was able to give a sticker to TK, and I told him, please deliver this to Coach Ryan Martin. And he said, oh, excellent. Said, so hopefully uh, Coach Ryan Martin has our sticker at this point for the Jacks Rangers show. That's so cool. I'll have to come hang out in the Jacks club, my word. You oh. meet you meet all the coolest people out there. <laughs> yeah, it's um, – what's interesting is uh, – do I want to get on my soapbox about this? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Okay, um, so Jacks club is supposed to be a, an up uh, an upcharge situation for the mm-hmm. members. So I went ahead and got the two um, – jack's club membership for the entire year i paid a pretty penny for it yeah and what's kind of irking me is that you have to get the wristband to be in the jack club and i know this sounds so elitist but you know i paid money so i'm just gonna rant for a second um, absolutely anybody can just walk into the jack's club at this point and it's like i'm just like what is going on here i feel like i've wasted money so that that's, yeah what did i pay for you know if anybody can just walk up and hang out then so other than like a couple drinks at each match or whatever, right? Is the, is that part of it? Yeah. So you get uh, two free drinks per wristband. So right. you know, I've got uh, myself and my girlfriend, so we got four drinks in total. So yeah, it, it's been it's been nice. Otherwise, other than that, anybody can just practically walk in there. It seems like and just yeah, uh, ruin all of our wine and cheese crowd fun. <laughs> I know. How can we? How, how can you enjoy it when you have all to the, slum it with all the the, the hoi polloi? Yeah. Anyway, um, let's see here. Okay, so we've talked about all this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I wanted to mention that as I was leaving, Coach Ryan Martin and TK were still in their coaching area beside Jack's club. So I yelled out. Well, I waved at him, and he recognized me, and TK did, of course, as well. And I was like, five in a row. This is awesome. And I was just like, whoa. And they seemed to appreciate that very much. That's great. Um, Final thing here is respect the kicker. We've got a little segment here to talk about that. There was a recent post that got a lot of traction in the um, Facebook group, supporters uh, group there, about respecting the opposition kicker while they were kicking for points. So we decided to put up a poll, and I have the results, Dave. Yes, I saw the early results, but I haven't checked today. So I'm curious if they continued, the trend continued. The question was, should our fans, that's you Rangers listening in, respect the kicker at Fort Union Point? And the Facebook supporters group got the most votes, votes, and it was a landslide. The hell yeses were 63 to hell no's five. Five. Wow. Uh, yeah. So 12 I, to one. Yeah. I'm playing the role of devil's advocate, advocate. So I voted no, hell no on all of these. I believe I, I was the second vote with a, with a hell yeah, because I, <laughs> I, I like respecting the kicker as a tradition. We'll get into that in one second. So Twitter was. Five, or excuse me, two hell yeses to three hell no's, or just five votes in total on Twitter. Now, here's where it gets interesting. 
And I told my girlfriend about this as I was like, I cannot believe that this took place. So on Instagram, the hell yeses were seven. The hell no's were 17. Oh, that is interesting. Now check this out. So a lot of the free jacks players follow me on jacks rangers on instagram so they, they seem a lot more active on there than facebook yada yada yeah um makes sense. all all three of the free jacks players that cast their ballot their votes voted hell no really i'm not going to call anybody out i want to respect their privacy but you would be surprised who those three people were that voted hell no that is interesting. So all of the Free Jacks players that participated said, hell no, we should be rowdy and yell during the opposition kicker taking their kick. That is interesting. Uh, that's food I, That's food for thought. My, my jaw was on the... I wonder how... Now, uh, I don't know who it is. And so I, this isn't a specific comment. But I do know that anytime you talk to a kicker, about does crowd noise matter if the crowd is razzing you does it rattle you they will always say no and i think they're i don't think they're lying Mm -hmm. i think that they truly are athletes and they're in the zone it doesn't actually have a tremendous effect i like it because it's kind of an affectation it's a fun little thing that makes rugby a little bit different Mm -hmm. um not because I think we're being gentlemen and women and, you know, not disrupting the delicate kicker who we could easily disturb with the power of our voices, right. you know. Um, so I don't think that kickers care. Yeah. Like, I think it would make sense for kickers to be like, no, yeah, yeah, I'll go for it. Like, it doesn't actually matter because I think to the people doing the kicking, I don't think they care. It's everybody else who cares. Yeah. Like everyone else is, right. is who it actually matters to. Right. Um, so just a quick, um, little brief introduction to this for our thoughts. For me, I am a respect the kicker guy. Now in previous years, I was 100% uh, on that side of the fence. In recent years though, with the MLR becoming a thing, I'm more 60, 40 on this. Okay. Um, ultimately I think that over the next, let's say, 10 or 15 years, if the MLR continues to exist, which we all hope it does, and we bring in these new fans that are not rugby people, because that is what is going to be needed for the success of this this uh, league. Absolutely. I don't think that this is going to be a question anymore. I think it's going to be, we're going to have crowd noise when the kicker is kicking, and that's just going to be that. That is my yeah. opinion on it. I do not yell. I don't think I've ever yelled during an opposition kicker. I have been in a full stadium, well, practically full, uh, when uh, USA played Scotland in Houston for us to win our first game against a tier one nation. So long story short, if you didn't see the game, Scotland scores, they're down by a point. They need the conversion to win the game. Otherwise, USA wins it. It's in the corner. All right. So it's a difficult kick to begin with. So there's plenty of rugby people there. I'm a rugby person. I know that I didn't say anything, but I wonder who else was yelling because, you know, there was a lot of rugby people there. I'm sure there was some new fans as well that were yelling their their heads off. But there was a loud roar, and by God, he cross-faced it and missed the the kick for us to win the game. I was jumping up and down. It was like the, one yeah. of the greatest moments of my life, it seemed like. At that and point. it seemed like the noise was an element to yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I wonder if all of these people that are like, as you were mentioning, I know this is not you specifically that are like, we're above this. We're so great. We are rugby people. You know, uh, we don't yell at the kicker. I wonder how many of those people were yelling at that moment because it was a big moment 
for yeah. USA rugby in general. So. Yeah, I mean the 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 devil's in the details, and it's everybody's got principles until they're challenged, right? right. Um, it's a good question, and I think that your prediction is a good one. Um, I would be—I don't know if I'd be surprised to see it go away completely, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see it change a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it could be an element. I think a lot of the guys. This is speculation, but I, I think a lot of the guys who are not from the U.S. who come from more traditional rugby countries where respecting the kicker is generally, you know, uh, observed. Um, it not being observed in the U.S. is one thing that sets American sports apart a little bit. So, you know, yeah. so I can also see those guys being like, no, do it, do it the American way and like ras the kicker like that. Don't don't change who you are mm -hmm. for rugby like be your authentic fan self and if that authentic self is screaming at the kicker then at the end of the day i can't stop you and neither can a guy with a microphone yeah speaking of the guy with the microphone um i was i wanted to have him on we have a connect with somebody that knows him um oh excellent yeah he didn't get back to me but i hope at some point we can have him on the show i'd love to get his perspective on it because there was uh, it wasn't this most recent game it was the one before where he continued to say please yes. quiet for the kicker or whatever he said i'm paraphrasing yeah and over and over to a crowd of hot angry new england drunks yeah. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> we're just not having it my question is is he getting that directive from the club to make sure he's saying that before every kick is that his personal um you know opinion on respecting the kicker is that uh, because listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, because the only reason he's doing it is because there's no jumbotron, right? Um, in other stadiums, they would have that just on the jumbotron, and no mic man is probably gonna say anything about it. You're just right. going to you know read and react to what's happening on the jumbotron. Yeah. But I just wonder if it's his decision to say it and say it multiple times because the multiple part is what gets gets me a little annoyed. Yeah, I think maybe um, he picked up the rope there when he didn't didn't need to in hindsight's 2020 you know you you say it one or two times uh, repeating yourself for emphasis is, is completely understandable um you know i i would be surprised to see it happen again at that level of insistence just because it wasn't really successful but also that was a moment where the crowd was you know irritated about a different thing already yep. and they were just primed to be difficult and i i also don't think that I think both things were extreme. I think the crowd's resistance to quieting down when asked to politely was kind of elevated because of the moment. And yeah. then I think because they were elevated, he was a little bit more insistent than normal trying to enforce a norm, yeah. um, which is not always easy to do, uh, especially when you're still just establishing those. So uh, it makes, makes sense to me wh why it shook out the way it did. Uh, and I don't. You know, can't blame him for that. I think there's a lot of pressure in that role because the guy with the microphone is the only person really who can communicate with all the fans in that moment. Yeah. It's, it's all the pressures on him. It, so it's a, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't want to have that job. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, some, it's, it's a tough one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Some thoughts from the Rangers here. I've got Joel who just wanted to go by his first name. He says, who cares? Honestly, rugby in America is going to succeed and be commercially viable if more newcomers to the game support it. 
I am, uh, and more new people means that the players make real professional athlete wages and the game we love reaches a larger audience. So why gatekeep at all? Um, let, let the rowdy bastards and the kick shushers share a table. I think part of what chaps my rear end is what I'm going to say there. That's not what he put. Uh, is their air of superiority about respect the kicker that always dissolve, devolves into if you don't like it, uh, F off back to American football. Dudes, rugby in America ain't going to make it without American football fans. What value is there in trying to mock another sport to gain traction? I appreciate that you guys are in the let's see how it plays out camp. I feel like we have so much more ground to cover to grow the game. Try explaining a rolling mall to a newcomer to rugby before shushing the crowd. <laughs> it's a really well-made point. Um, and I think that uh, people who feel strongly about respecting the kicker um, need to be very careful to make sure that they are uh, welcoming people into rugby by teaching them about a thing and not lecturing people about rugby right um and i can i can use myself in a mistake as an example my my friend wes who's now you know a founding member came and and checked checked the free jacks out and he's in he uh he loves to yell he's a razzer he's done some comedy he's a funny guy he's got a coach voice and you know he enjoys hollering at the players um and and that's his thing and a couple weeks ago he uh, there was something very innocuous happening. The referees were just talking to each other. It was just a very normal conference. And he said something, he also said something innocuous, like, yeah, have your chat, you know? <laughs> uh, and he's just having a good time. People are always laughing, you yep. know, it, 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 he livens it up. He knows not to push it too much. He, he doesn't scream the whole match. He just throws out some, some good lines every once in a while. And I just sitting near him, I was just kind of stopped and said, oh, oh, Wes, we don't, like do that like the referees are off limits basically and i i was a little bit luxury but also we're co-workers and good friends and right. you know it was it was okay um i would never treat uh, a random person like that you have to approach people with respect if you're gonna say something like we don't we don't do that in rugby um and that might be respecting the kicker that might be razzing the refs that might be disrespecting the players i think banter is fine um, uh, obviously anything actually n nasty or hateful, I think is over the line. Respect is a core value in rugby. Um, and you know, people, again, crowds at sporting events are crowds. You can't control a crowd, uh, but that doesn't mean I can't judge you. Right. Um, and I'm not going to get confrontational, but, and again, I'm talking specifically about being nasty to players and, and what isn't, is isn't appropriate in, in fan behavior there. Um, not the respect the kicker thing people people are free to make their own choice and ultimately the the culture is going to be established organically um but you have to be if you have an opinion and you want someone to share your opinion you have to approach them with with respect and you know see where they're coming from and with regards to the rugby and football thing rugby has an inferiority complex at times in the us um to american football um and it doesn't serve it well so I um, played football growing up and did not enjoy it. 
very much and then love rugby for all the ways it's not football right but i after having that chip on my shoulder for a while eventually through talking to people um realized that you really gotta get rid of that chip for the reason that the the listener said you can't grow rugby in the united states without football fans it's not gonna happen um, so pitting the two sports against each other is really, really foolish. Um, and don't let respecting the kicker become a rugby versus football thing. Just make it a rugby thing. You don't have to bring football in it at all. Well, you know, I've been around rugby for a long time. I've always really enjoyed that respect is a core value. And to me, respecting the kicker is part of that. And it's a part of the enjoy my enjoyment of the sport. That's how you can frame it. Um, and in doing that you're sharing something about rugby with a fan something they may or may not know you're doing it in a way that respects them because you're just talking about yourself and your feelings instead of telling them what they need to do um, or how they need to feel so we've got a pro respect the kicker uh thought here from gravy uh my main stance more or less is that respecting the kicker is part of a coveted unique rugby culture that drew me into the sport in the beginning. It's up, it's up there with the respect for the ref as a player on the field, i.e. yes, sir, responses despite agreeing or disagreeing with a call or interpretation. Some may argue that it is part of a home field advantage. However, I'd say our real home field advantage is the electric energy from our fans when they cheer on our boys, especially when they're down. Fans have the ability to ignite players without booing the other team. So I will say that my girlfriend has a very um, similar perspective. It's like, don't heckle the other team, cheer on your own, your own guys. Yeah. I mean, that, that letter sums my stance up pretty well. That's pretty much how I feel. It is associated with the respect for the referee um, to me. And again, just part of the whole, idea of respect as as a core element of rugby and what makes it great um and what other sport are you can you stomp on somebody's face and then like you buy each other a beer later and you're genuinely fine um because you had a mutual respect for each other and you have a mutual respect for each other so um again it's a it's a neat thing about rugby um that we can welcome people to and invite them to come and if they don't want to come that's their choice yeah absolutely so that's gonna um wrap it on up there here guys uh, we appreciate you listening in here um if you have any you know comments send us to us on um, email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com or any of our social media outlets um yeah i mean the, the, the discussion is going to continue it doesn't end right here i mean i don't think we figured it all out by any means I don't think <laughs> you don't think i mean i mean i, we, I don't know valid points here but i don't think we're pretty authoritative <laughs> i don't think it's the end of this discussion by any means i think it's going to go on for years to come and then eventually i think um it won't be a thing anymore so absolutely it'll be interesting to watch and I'll, I'll repeat myself. If you think we should respect the kicker, the best thing you can do is respect people who disagree with you and tell them why we should respect the kicker. Love that. That sums it up. Fantastic, Dave. Um, it's been a great one. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a game this week to, to make a prediction for. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun on this one. And uh, I'll see you next week. Go yeah, see you next week. Huzzah. Huzzah. Go Free Jacks. Enjoy yep. your bye week. We'll just say that. <laughs> Enjoy the life. There you go. Have a good one. You too. Bye.
All right, guys, how, tell us how we did with the Outriders segment. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. DM us on Twitter or Instagram and message us on Facebook. We're on all of those social media platforms. Tell us uh, what you think about the great debate with silencing the kick or silence for the kicker rather yeah i would appreciate your input on that send us a send us a message and maybe we'll you know include it on the next episode with your feelings on it your opinion did want to give a quick shout out to the seattle seawolves fans that did make the trek across country over three thousand miles to come see their team play way to go you know there's a little bit of uh crap talking before the game but hey share a beer uh shake hands at the end of the game that's what rugby is all about so it's so cool to see that they have such passionate fans there in the pacific northwest The next thing that I wanted to do here is get into the interview that we have for this episode eight. This is uh, one of the biggest super fans that we we can possibly get on the airways or here in Podcastville on the show here. This guy, you've probably seen him on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter as one of the biggest fans of the the, uh, Free Jacks. His name is Ed Patnod. He goes by Doc. He is a, a military veteran. Just recently found rugby within like the past year or so, uh, less than two years. So I thought uh, I thought Ross was a new, uh, relatively new rugby fan. Who we, we had on in uh, I think episode two. Doc hasn't beat. Doc uh, found rugby watching a, a movie and researched it and uh, found out that we have a professional team here in New England. So he's been hooked ever since. He even has a free jacks tattoo and i gotta tell you guys i'm thinking about getting me one too i don't think i'm gonna have that uh, lantern logo somewhere tattooed on my body at some point in the near future but he's the original guys he is the to my knowledge the first fan that got the the logo tattooed on him so good on you doc great talking with him had a blast hope to do it again sometime so we'll get right into the interview here with ed doc patnod here on the jacks rangers show Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here again at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got Ed Patnod here. We call him Doc, of course, the super fan of the Free Jacks, one of them at least. Doc, uh, I know you're very active on uh, Twitter. You want to plug your social media? Yeah, I just, uh, like I said, um, you can find me at Ghost Override on on Twitter and uh, just like to spread the love and, and try and promote the best I can for the club and do my small part. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciate it very much. You're very active on there. Um, how did you get the nickname Doc? So that started in my time in the military. I um, retired Air Force, and while I was in the active uh, active duty Air Force, I was constantly in school, one thing after another. So one of them one day just they just called me Doc, and it stuck. And now I actually have a PhD, so it's even more appropriate. Wow! So <laughs> very cool. Yeah. So Doc makes a lot of sense now as well. Okay. So you're an obsessed fan uh, that got a Free Jacks tattoo. That is commitment, my friend. That's the kind of people that we're looking to talk to, guys. So if you've got other people that you want to suggest, send your emails to jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. What's the story behind the tattoo, my friend? So uh, as you know, I've I've completely fallen in love with the team. And, uh, you know, it started last year and just kept going and then, all of a sudden, I, I just had the itch to get another tattoo. I've got some several others, and all of a sudden, I looked at my wife and I got an idea. And she's like, I know what you're going to do. She's like, you should have a headache, I'm sure. 
my tattoos. I call them up, okay, get me in. I got, you don't know what that is. I'm like, oh, let me spread the gospel of the Free Jacks. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> right on. And, uh, you know, it's been, been healing up nicely. So almost right. done. I, have, I forgot to crack this open, so let's go ahead and crack these bad boys open. Oh, yeah. We both have Baxter, of course. We Why do. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, look at that. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Um, where are you from? Uh, originally Providence. I'm from Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. I was um, you know, born and raised in the Mount Pleasant section of the city. Mm-hmm. Lived there my whole life until I uh, decided to go into the Air Force and Unlike most Rhode Islanders that do leave, I came back. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, like first moving up here, you hear about Rhode Island. It's like, oh, it's the smallest state. You can get through it in no time at all. But I got to tell you, Providence is pretty daggum nice. The downtown area, I was pleasantly surprised how nice it is. Yeah, they've, they've done a lot over the years. And, um, you know, Mayor Cianci, and he rest in peace now, but uh, he, you know, people said what they wanted about him, but he did a lot for the city. Mm-hmm. You know, he may not have done things on the street now all the time, but he got <laughs> the job done. So, you know, people loved him in the city of Providence and uh, right. he did a lot trying to bring that area back to its glory. So, Gotcha. What is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? So I found rugby through a movie. <laughs> I uh, was watching Invictus. Yeah, hadn't seen the movie. Just trying to find something to watch, and uh, it was great. I was like, "Whoa, what is this game?" I, I, I've heard about rugby, and that was really the first time I'd seen anything happen with it. And uh, you know, so I watched the movie, got through it, and after I got done, I was like, I, "I've got to find more. I want to watch more of this." Yeah. I go on YouTube, start finding some world, you know, World Seven matches and old matches, anything I could find. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, found some All Black stuff to watch, and and just started going through it. And, you know, I, I did a Google search. And I'm like, wait a minute, New England has a team. Are you kidding me? We have a team? It's fantastic. So next thing you know, I've got tickets to go to the rugby games. <laughs> and my wife's like, she's like, you just, how, why do you do this? I'm like, I, I go in all in. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. So, yeah. you know, I, and then unfortunately, COVID happened. Right. You know? So we were all getting ready to go to that first game and everybody was getting excited. And then they're like, no, nope, hold on, yeah. wait we got to hold off here and uh you know everybody held out hope it was gonna either happen or get rescheduled and as we know it just went downhill from there so and it's so cool i mean i'm one of those type of people that if i learn about something i go all in as well but this is the first origin story that we've heard somebody say i mean that you're the most recent you know person that we've had on this a rugby fan like so you know recent but um yeah yeah, I go all in with stuff too, man. Uh, like this podcast, as a matter of fact, this show, <laughs> I learned how to like edit um, audio, video, and do a podcast all within like three days and make graphic designs too. So it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a whirlwind for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, we need these people. I mean, new fans are important to the growth of the game and MLR. Commissioner George Killebrew knows this. He's talked about it in interviews. We cannot survive alone with just people that played rugby Mm -hmm. as fans. So however people find it, whether it be broadcast, movies, whatever it is, word of mouth, we need new fans into the game to make sure that they're selling tickets all across the country, expanding the franchises. All of that um, cannot just be done with old rugby players like myself. Yeah. So what drew you into the game and kept you watching it? I think the, the pace, you know, the, the simple fact that the game doesn't stop. I mean, there was, you know, 
occasions, obviously, where, you know, something will happen, and, you know, water break or there's an injury, God forbid, but the game keeps going. The clock keeps ticking. So you, you guys better be moving. You better be thinking on your feet and getting things done. Yeah. You know, the, the action, I mean, it's everybody that I know that watches American football, I'm like, okay, you guys watch football. Why the hell aren't you watching rugby? You, you need to. Yeah. You know, I, so. I all the time. You know, it's just the pace, the fact that it just, like I said, it keeps moving. It's it's very action driven, but not only that though, the community, mm-hmm. you know, I, I quickly found that everybody is like, it's just one big family. I mean, you, you get everybody out there and, you know, I went to the first home match and people I'd never met were just very friendly, very talkative. Everybody's willing to help you out if you don't know what the hell's going on, you know? And it's just, it's that sense of family. And then you got the organization that is doing a great job, I think, in my opinion, of, of trying to do some grassroots and, you know, it's just fantastic. Everybody that I've dealt with has been top notch. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. It's a special community for sure. Um, it's hard to describe to people. I mean, it's kind of like football in that community sense, but it's even more so. Um, mm-hmm. it's even more hospitable, more friendly. Um, you know, I come from a place in South Carolina where it's SEC football is the biggest thing around. Um, and I try to tell people all the time, like, well, if you enjoy American football, have you ever watched rugby? So I try to be an evangelist about spreading the good word of rugby. And I've converted yep. a couple people. But, uh, you know, the main thing is we've got to get these people that are that love American football. We need to get their eyeballs on rugby because they'll fall in love with it, you know, as you know. Yeah. Um, so that is, that's going to be a challenge going forward. And hopefully with the, the more broadcasts that are available on national television, yeah. it'll grow and grow and grow. That is the goal, of course. So you're a founding member, right? I am. I am. Do you know your founding member number? Have they told that to you? Yeah, I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Send them an email and ask them. They should be able to tell you. Um, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> Have you been drinking any type of craft beer? Are you all about the uh, Free Jacks IPA? Is that what you're into? You know, it, this it's funny because I got turned on to Baxter because of the fact that they had the Free Jacks IPA. My wife happened to just be out trying to get me some beer because um, I'm a big craft beer guy. And uh, she saw that and she came home. She's like, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> like, what, is, what is this? I'm like, oh, this is glorious. What is this? <laughs> you know, so I don't get paid by Baxter. Right. No paid promotion here, but it's delicious. Go find yourself some. It is really good. I'll tell you what, the Coastal Haze is unbelievable. Um, the people at Baxter are doing fantastic things with their um, their brewery there, and we wish them the best of luck. Not a sponsor right now, but hopefully one day in the future, Baxter, if hey. you're watching. <laughs> we will take it, I'm sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so what's better, lobster rolls or clam chowder? You're a New England guy. Oh, that's a tough question for a New Englander. Um, I'd probably say lobster roll. I I don't have lobster rolls as often as clam chowder. So when you do get one in the summertime, to me, it's a little bit more uh, special for you. Gotcha. Where does your passion from the Free Jacks come from? You have a lot of passion so early on in your fandomhood here. Yep. I I just think, like I said, um, just from the get-go, everybody that I've interacted with, you know, because I, I had a lot of communication in the beginning because I do have a service dog that I take with me. Okay. So I had a lot of questions in the beginning, um, you know, trying to get things squared away and, and get the right seats for me and, and all that stuff. So uh, my man, Ollie there, you know, him and I have, have chatted a lot and yeah. Uh, yeah. 
you know, so I think that really that started it because it, it showed that they really cared, you know, and they really care about the fans and, and trying to grow that base. Absolutely. Um, so I think that was a big part of what, you know, kept me around in the beginning and then kept me interested in, you know, I mean, I'm all in now. I mean, geez, I got the tattoo. There's, there's no going back, you know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> there's, exactly. There's no turning back. Yeah, I've got two uh, South Carolina Gamecock tattoos myself. I mean, that's where I went. I'm an alumnus, um, and my family has a history of uh, playing sports there along with myself playing there. So I think a Free Jacks tattoo is in my future as well, my friend, because I'm all in, too. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to do it. <laughs> and and shout out to Ollie. He is fantastic in the front office. Isn't he? He's oh, amazing. my God. We'll have him on the show at some point, but Ollie, if you're listening, we, we love you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Definitely. Definitely. He's, he's such a, a big asset for the organization. I mean, he helps everybody out, knows his ins and outs and he, you know, he's just he's such a, a welcoming guy and, and such a, you know, a very um, friendly individual. I mean, there's, there's no getting around it. And yes, Alice, my, my dog here is like, Hey, it's almost time for dinner. What are you doing? <laughs> So no, no, no rush. I, I love, I love doing this. Anything, anytime I get a chance to talk to fans and yeah. people that are involved in this, the better. So. Right on. We'll get to the next question here, but I wanted to mention if any upper management that's listening, uh, Mags, give Ollie a raise. He deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> so what match day improvements would you like to see for the next home game? Is there anything you would like to see from the club to be more family friendly? I believe I saw some pictures with you and your daughter at the game. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She, that was her first rugby match too. So, uh, you know, her birthday was the day before. So she, she absolutely loved it. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, I think, you know, they, they did a good job from the first match to the second, the the first match, there was some music that was coming on, excuse me, that um, was definitely not family friendly. So I think they, uh, they, they picked up on that. Um, yeah. I, I think the only thing, you know, would just be the volume of the music. I mean, I'm all for loud music, but the little kids, yeah. you know, where our seats are, we had a speaker right in front of us. So, you know, a couple of times she was like, let's go walk around a little bit. Um, but otherwise, you know, yeah, they're, they're getting through growing pains. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's second match of the organization's history. Let's keep that in mind, folks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is only the second home match. So, yeah, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some kinks to work out. Yeah. I, I think most of the fans have been, you know, accepting of it, you know, and, and have been definitely vocal, you know, about yeah. Yeah. You know, things that need to get changed. So it's all that's probably my only thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's yeah. just feedback. It's not criticism. You know, they were asking for the, the feedback. You know, a lot of people provided mm-hmm. it. And I know for sure that there have been specific discussions about the volume of the background music. So it will be addressed for sure, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who is your favorite player on the team? Well, you're wearing a shirt. I'd say oh. Ken, Kenny's, Kenny's definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got to root for the big guys. You know, yep. you get your your, your your props up there. You get your hooker up there. I'm all for the big guys. You know, so there's um, so many of them. I mean, Dougie, Dougie Fives is absolutely incredible. John oh, Paul, I mean, we've, we've got such great talent, and I think in depth, too, you know, in our reserves that yeah. this team, this team can be dangerous. For sure. It really can be, you know, we start getting some breakouts and then oh, forget it. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, I'd say Ken, Kenny's definitely one of my, one of my favorites up there. Uh, yeah. I, I, I remember as Kenny was, when Kenny was signed, I was like, Oh, 
oh, this is interesting. They're bringing in the big guns. <laughs> legendary Japanese player is coming to play for us. So I immediately bought the jersey. I thought that they would do this for like just for him as like a special thing. But you see that they've got so many supporter jerseys. And it's so smart because every one mm -hmm. of that, you know, player's family members are going to buy that uh, that shirt. Um, so, you know, at the very least, they're going to get their money back on investment with the graphic design. But, you know, yeah, so it's so cool to see that they've got all the supporter shirts out there and all the supporter merchandise for specific players available. I picked this up immediately. Kenny, we love you very much. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, my, my favorite player is Dougie Fife. Um, it's weird because I was a forward. I played in the second round. Tall, tall guy here. But um, I, I just love the backs running with the ball. I love sevens rugby because there's so much mm -hmm. space to exploit and, you know, there, it's always constantly running rugby. But, yeah, a forward that loves the backs, you don't see that too much. <laughs> Who has the best hair on the team? We're both follically challenged here. so Yeah, yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, Kyle, without a doubt, the eagle yeah. there has just got the flowing locks of joy. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you can't look at that man and not smile. Yeah, you know, I'm envious of the hair. You know, he's another one down to earth guy. You know, sure. saw him at the match. I mean, at the end of the match, he's just going around. He must have hit every fan he possibly could to say thanks and, and give his appreciation. You know, so it was good seeing him out there too. He's another one I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Great hair and a fan favorite for sure. Who is your MVP so far this season, and why is it Dougie Fife? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Dougie Fife. I mean, that guy has just been a machine out there. I think, you know, he he gets a space anywhere, and he's going to exploit it. And he's just he's off to the races. Good luck catching the guy. Exactly. Yep. He's so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. What team or teams do you dislike in MLR, and why? Okay, he's going to be a hot topic. I'm sure. <laughs> La. Yeah. Yeah. La. I just. It's one of those things where I think they're working the system the best they can. I mean, I think they've spent the money and they, they've tried to buy a team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. I think, you know, hey, more power to them. If you can do it, do it. But I think that that's, you know, to me, that's that's one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of L.A. right now is just the fact that I think they tried to purchase a winning team. You know, and it's paid off for them right now. I mean, look at the upset they had, you know, yeah. on a, what was it Sunday? I mean, 18-16, what are you going to do? But um, uh, I was kind of happy to see them go down a game. It, it's weird because um, L.A. lost that game, but it was to our arch rivals, Rooney. So it's just like, right. uh, I mean, yeah. you want to see L.A. lose, but do you want to see them lose to Rooney? Not really. But especially it had effects on the standings, too. So we could have moved up a little bit further in the standings had Rooney lost, but they won. Yeah. So it's tough, you know. Yep, yep, definitely. I mean, and don't get me wrong, anytime a New York team loses to New England, I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be, uh, we'll have them on the 23rd uh, down there at their place. So hopefully we win that. Yeah. Uh, other than the Free Jacks, what other sports teams do you support the most and why? I'd say the Bruins. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, big hockey guy. I mean, it's just, it's in, it's in our blood in New England. You know, you grew up watching hockey, you grew up watching the Bruins, yep. you know, so. And again, another fast game. Mm -hmm. You know, it took my, my wife a little bit of time to come around to hockey because she's like, I have no idea where the puck is. Yeah. You know, so the, the fast action packed games, hard hitting. It's worth gotta, You got to watch. Yeah, you, it's worth to see it in person, right? It's, it's one thing to watch it on TV, but if mm -hmm. you see it in person, it clicks a little bit more for people. 
Um, I love hockey too, man. Uh, people, when I first moved up here, they tried to explain hockey to me as if I didn't know what hockey was. It was wild, but um, we have the Charlotte Checkers down there, um, an a- AHL team. They used to be uh, ECHL, mm-hmm. but uh, I've been going to their games since I was a little kid. So I, I love hockey. I've got two Bruins jerseys in the closet over there. You can't see them, but uh, nice. I've got a Chara jersey, the captain. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore, but uh, also have a Bobby Orr jersey. So. Nice. There you go. Yeah. My wife, um, like I said, she went to the first home match with me mm-hmm. and, and talking about, you know, converting fans over. She, um, you know, she didn't make it to this last game. I, I promised my youngest daughter she'd go, but my wife had just gotten her second Moderna shot was like half dead alive in bed right. and still had the match on. <laughs> so Great. she's coming around. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Um, so one word association, and then we'll get you out of here, doc. Um, Mags. Fantastic. Kenny, our boy. Hard hitting. Yeah. Coach Ryan Martin. Ooh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> okay, so this was just a selfish one for me. Jacks Rangers. Go team. <laughs> Waka. Pac-Man. Uh, Rooney. Evil. Yeah. Gil Gronies. What? <laughs> <laughs> so this interview is after another one that I had yesterday, a very big, big, big interview that I had yesterday. And we had Giltinis in that one word association. And he also said, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to look the both of them up because I, yeah. like, I have no idea what these are. Listen, I'm a free market capitalist and I'm all for people. If you want to buy a team and call it whatever you want, that's your business. But if you name it yeah. after yourself, you're a jerk. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a little bit of narcissism there, but hey, for what are you sure. going to do? It's for yours. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I, uh, I wonder if they will rebrand at some point, both of those teams. I, I I mean, I know that Austin gets a lot of fans because they're so well embedded into the community, which is great. And rugby yeah. is big in Texas, high school rugby at least. I just wonder about that L.A. team. I just wonder. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like you said, though, I, I, I foresee some rebranding maybe down the road. But, again, that's up to their fans and how well they accept it, I guess. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, Free Jacks is just so much better. Oh, yeah, a thousand times better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc, this has been awesome. Let's do it again sometime. I appreciate your time. Hey, definitely. Any Anytime, I'm always here. Uh, so we end these videos. We like to end them with two words. I'll let you go first. I think you know what it is. Oh, let's ride. Let's ride. All right, Doc, appreciate your time. Have a good one, man. As I said earlier, guys, really enjoyed talking to Doc. Great conversation. So much passion for the Free Jacks. You know, being such a new rugby fan, it's so great to see. Each week, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, people are stumbling upon Nesson during our games and watching and going, what in the world is this? This is pretty awesome. So the more of those people that we have, the better off we will be with MLR and the, the growth of the game and the health of the Free Jacks going forward. That about wraps her up, guys. The final thing that we always like to do, of course, in the episodes here is do a 
today in American Revolutionary War history. So today in American Revolutionary War history in 1777, Marquis de Lafayette and some French officers landed off the coast of Georgetown, South Carolina. Lafayette intended to serve as second in command to General George Washington. And the quote of the day here, this was from the Battle of Lexington in 1775. Don't fire unless fired upon. But if they mean to have a war, let it begin here in Lexington, Massachusetts, 1775. All right, guys, you know, we got a bye week here. Kind of a bummer. What are you guys going to be doing this weekend since we don't have a game to watch? Let me know. Send us a message or email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, going to be one of those boring <laughs> Pablo Escobar meme type of weekends without rugby. So let's hang in there. Thankfully, we've got another home game after this week against Nola Gold. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get a uh, get a big win against Nola Gold, which is a very good team. Yeah, coming into our house at Fort Union Point. Let's kick their ass next week, guys. But that's all for me this week. Boring bye week, unfortunately. Let's just hope our Free Jacks get recovered and are well rested to meet up against Nola next week. So huzzah! Go free, Jacks. Woo! I'll see you next week, guys. Bye-bye.